between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. No, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. You can stay over there. Stay. Cause this is revolution mixed with execution. We insane over here. And we're back once again, only on it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on uh, on uh, Last Call on the Anchor FM. And join me here on the line. This man will be fighting once again. He's now in the tournament. Well, we're letting him in after a lot of pressure, after the fans demanded it. And well, after his last performance, he's now in this tournament. We're going to find out about that, the status of it, a whole lot more. I give you once again, still undefeated. I give you, it's A1 himself. I give you, it's Yornel Lugo. Uh, Yornel, let's start off here. It's you, Danny Sabatello, Bellator 278. Uh, winner of this, I guess, is uh, you've been taking on the number two seat. So how happy are you that you're getting the chance? That because of, you know, certain things happening here, you now have a chance to run the whole gauntlet and win this whole Bellator uh, Grand Prix tournament. Super happy, man. I mean, I, I keep I keep getting... Uh, being given more than I expect, you know, like my, remember when uh, I got ranked and I, I was surprised that I got ranked. I was surprised they even knew me. Same thing with this situation. Um, I was two slots away from being in the tournament. So in order for me to get in the tournament, two people had to fall out. So if that's not the work of God, I don't know what is, you know, I think, the, I think God is on my side and it's helping me through all this because I wasn't supposed to be in this tournament and now I'm getting a chance, you know? I know you and I talked about it. I mean, is there, you also feel vindicated because you've won. I mean, you've, you've won all your fights. You've made weight. You, you haven't had an easy fight, you know, and the more fights seems, if more wins seem like them, Beltor going, okay, you know what? He belongs in a tournament. We can't rule him out. He now belongs in this whole shindig. Yep. Yep, I agree. So let's, t- so let's start off with Danny Sabatello. Uh, what, what does he bring to the table? When, when you look at him, what kind of fighter is he that makes him a, an effective fighter? I think he just brings one thing to the table, and that's his wrestling. And not, not only his wrestling, but his tenacity. He's very tenacious with his wrestling. Uh, he's very, very thirsty. Uh, he'll do whatever it takes to implement his game, which is wrestling. Um, but I, I think that's where his game pretty much begins and ends. I don't really feel like he's got much else to bring to the table as far as IQ, as far as uh, grappling. I think pretty much he puts all his eggs in one basket, which is his wrestling and his top pressure. Um, if the little glimpse that you've seen of him on his back against Brett Johns, he didn't show anything. On his feet, he doesn't show anything. He doesn't show any understanding of range. He doesn't show any understanding of basic stand-up concepts. So um, I think he's overconfident in his grappling, and uh, we're going to show that he's going to go wrong by just trusting in his wrestling. Once again, I've noticed that even though he's technically the taller fighter, you have a longer reach. You have a, a three-inch reach advantage of him. How much does that help you implementing that plan where you can go, okay, you know what? I can just stand from the outside and pick him apart. He has to walk in. He has to get close to me. And I can just kill him, you know, death by a thousand jabs or strikes, you know, until the cows come home. Well, I mean, I don't think having a longer or a shorter reach makes a difference I don't think that's where someone's advantage lies it's all about how you use your reach and uh honestly in this fight the reach probably won't make too much of a difference just because of the way he fights he fights 10 miles away and then he runs in for a takedown and he gets back 10 miles away he's not actually in there trying to like 
get in range to utilize his striking. So um, I'm going to have to figure out a way. I already have a, a way in my mind, but on paper, I'll have to figure out a way to, to strike and to implement my game plan. You mentioned the wrestler. So for this fight camp, so as I said, you want to make sure that he doesn't just do, you know, a, a grinding, a basic ground and pound, lay and pray. Like how much time do you work on Ben with the footwork, you know, not letting him just square up, as you said, and just charge in for a takedown. How much do you work on like, all right, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to go side to side. I'm going to make it so that he can't just bull rush in. I can, you know, avoid him just charging in and hit him with stuff because I'm not, you know, standing right in front of him going, okay, yep, I'm, I'm ready for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's all, it's all a range thing at the end of the day, but it's going to get to a point where, you know, uh, mindset and a calm mind, all that's going to go out the window for him. And once he sees that it's not working out, he'll probably lose his composure, lose his temper and start charging in like a bull trying to get the takedown like he's done in his other fights. Like he'll just pretty much have a temper tantrum and start looking for takedowns left and right. And he'll, he'll pretty much avoid all setups, you know. So either way, I'm going to have to face uh, the takedowns. I'm going to have to stuff the takedowns and stuff like that. So I'm not going in there expecting to not be touched at all we're going back we're definitely going back to this fight in a bit but take it back to the brian moore fight that was you and i talked about that you know with Casca akashova you were taking him on in his backyard you knew there was going to be a lot of crowd there they were going to be hooting hollering you know probably jeering maybe even throwing stuff because well the irish you know <laughs> what went right what went wrong and how much you look at that fight and go okay I showed I can win when my back's against the wall. I showed I can win when it's the third round. He has maybe some momentum, and and this, his crowd is going just bananas. Well, first of all, I don't think my back was against the wall. I think his back was against the wall. I have God with me. Um, second, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think um, – Ireland wasn't really a hostile crowd. They were cheering for him, but they weren't really mean to me. It's not like they were like uh, – I heard Brazil is a more hostile crowd where they'll kind of pick on the fighters more if they're not with you. Um, but in Ireland, they were kind of just cheering for him. And when I, when I, whenever I did anything, they just didn't do anything. You know, they weren't mean to me by any means. You know, I, I think the Ireland crowd was very fair. It was, it was a good crowd in my opinion. So were you surprised at the fact that he, he's almost like, you know, cause I'm watching that fight here, watching the clips and he, even in the third round, you make you're making adjustments. You go, okay. You know what? I'm gonna start striking more. I'm gonna start, you know, be pushing the pace. And he never did. It was almost like he was still just content to throw the big punches, throw the big punches, and never adapted to you going, okay. You know what? Screw this here. I'm gonna just punches and bunches. You know, use my you know my momentum, use my footwork. I'm not gonna let him just tee off on me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like most of the time people kind of rely on one thing to win fights. Everybody has their own specialty and most people rely on that specialty. So for Brian Moore, his big thing is that he loves to counter-strike. Big, big counter-striker. He's looking for you to, to overextend so he can catch you with a counter. And he kind of stuck to that game the whole time. Towards the end, he kind of started to abandon it, but he pretty much stuck to that the whole time. And the problem with just being a counter-fighter is that your volume is very low. Uh, you don't throw much unless somebody else is throwing at you. But if someone throws at you and they don't overextend, you kind of never get a chance to actually go. So, um, you know, that's something that he can work on. But a, a lot of a lot of fighters, most fighters have something that that uh, they kind of depend on. For Danny Sabatello, he's just looking, he's going in there just to wrestle. Um, 
you got somebody like Patchy Mix. He's just looking to him, him and Gallery. They both looking to utilize just their grappling and the jujitsu. So um, I have my own gifts. Uh, I won't say what they are, but I don't look to just utilize that. You know, uh, I I, uh, I try to be a full, complete fighter, and then I'll fall back on whatever it is if if, if in in worst case, you know. How big is that for you and your and your confidence going forward? That it's another thing you can check off. Like, all right. Keith Lee proved I can beat guys who are not, you know, above the prospect level. Caspell, you proved they can be, you know, top prospects. Brian Moore showed, okay, I can go into enemy territory. I can go overseas and doesn't matter if the crowd is, you know, pro more. doesn't matter, you know, if it's his backyard, I can still win. I'm not going to get flustered by just outside noise. Well, what was your question? How big was that for you? You know, checking off one more box, showing people, hey, I can win, you know. Oh, okay. How, you know, okay outside okay. of my creature, you know, outside of the U.S. I can, you know, fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super big for me. It just proves that with God, anything is possible, you know. Keep putting me all these different situations. Uh, put the crowd against me. I'm only, you know, I'm in the tournament. Uh, he's a, the, the best fighter. He's the best grappler. It doesn't matter the situation. I'm just going to keep proving over and over and over that God is with me. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, we got it's a A1 Yonel Lugo show. We're talking all things, of course, uh, Bellator uh, 278. We're talking Danny Sabatello. We're talking Brian Moore. I got to ask. So the fight's now. You're fighting Danny Sabatello. It's going to be April, 20, April 22nd, Bellator 278. It's going to be in Hawaii. So how many people have now started, you know, as soon as that fight got announced, went, hey, Yonel, buddy, pal, sweetheart, take us to Hawaii. We'd love to go. I mean, I guess like the parents have hit you up. The little lady has hit you up. You know, like your friends you didn't know are hitting you up. Like everybody wants to go. So how tough is that, you know, dealing with all these people going, hey, can you take us to uh, Hawaii with you? We'll, we'll hold your bags. We'll go there. We want to go Hawaii. No, not too many people asking me that, to be honest. You know, my, just my wife pretty much wants to come with me. <laughs> but, you know, it's business and, you know, uh, We'll see what what happens, pretty much. But not too many people are bothering me about that. All right. So 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 when she said, "Hey, can I go?" What's your reaction here? I'm gonna, what's your response? Because you want to say, yeah, "Yeah, I know it's business," but she's probably going, "Yeah, you know, I really want to go to you know Hawaii." Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Like this is you know, there's only one answer, and it's not the answer that you're thinking of. It just has to make sense for me. I mean, it just has to make sense. Uh, I'm I'm getting paid a certain amount. How much does it cost to fly out there? So for me. You know, I, I I won't think twice once I'm getting paid. I mean, I, I actually I'm getting paid really good at this point, so I sh- yeah. I shouldn't even have to think about it. But I just I don't know. <laughs> Some I don't know. I, I I might bring her. I might. We'll see. <laughs> How much are you looking forward to it, Bob? Just because you, I mean, for the last couple months it's been miserable weather in New England. You train out of there. You then you go to Florida for training at times as well. But how much are you looking forward to? Like, okay, clean beaches. That doesn't exist in New England. Warm water. That doesn't exist here. I can actually just walk around in shorts and won't be freezing my ass off. I mean, how much you looking at Hawaii? Like, okay, I know it's business, but man, I don't think about that. I'm not. (laughs) I'm thinking about this fight. I don't mind thinking about Hawaii. I'm gonna go over there and play in the sand. I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna go over there and and beat somebody up and and uh, progress. Then enjoy the warm weather while you beat somebody up. I mean, trust me. I've been here. I'm stuck in New England. It's like, oh crap. I can't go outside without freezing my tail off here. I'm wearing two layers of clothes. Not fun. 
I mean, it's cool. It's cool that I'm going over there. It definitely is cool. I just, that's just not where my mind's at in terms of uh, why I'm traveling. I'm traveling for a, for a reason, but I definitely will enjoy myself after the fight, say a couple extra days and enjoy the, enjoy the land. Speaking, all right, so speaking of the mentality, so how do you, because it's very easy. We've seen guys do this in every sport, especially MMA, boxing, any, you know, NCAA tournament, they start looking ahead like, okay, I'm going to beat Danny Sebatello. And then I'm going to take on, you know, you know Barbosa. Then I'm going to run into the winner of Stotts versus Archuleta. And you know what? I'm going to be, I see the plan here. It's going to be boom, 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 boom. I'm going to be in the main event. You need to win two fights. And you know how it is. It's always that first fight that trips you up. So how tough is it sometimes not getting too over-eager and going, okay, I'm going to win this, I'm going to win this. And yes, I'm going to the finals, baby. Yeah, I feel like there's no problem with doing that. I feel like, honestly, for me, I don't feel like there's a problem with looking ahead and looking at the things that you do want to do. And so long as you go into the fight that you have coming up and, you, and you're completely locked in, completely focused on what you have to do to get the victory. And then you go out there and you perform and do what you have to do to get the victory. Um, the only way that would be a problem looking ahead is if you don't completely get uh, your head wrapped around the situation that you're in and you don't go out there and perform the way you're supposed to perform. But if you can get the job done and, and you know exactly what you're going to do and exactly how you're going to do it and you go out there and perform, there's no problem to look ahead. You know, I, I already do. I, I, I know I'm going to go ahead and fight uh, Leandro Higo in June and then I'll be fighting for the belt after that. And then the tournament belt and then Sergio Pettis. I do think that far ahead, but I'm giving 100% of my focus to Danny Sabatello right now to make sure I go out there and get the job done. It's a, uh, all this is going on, as you mentioned, you're becoming now – I hate to use the word star, but you're becoming a, a rising star in Bellator. And as you said, how much do you appreciate all this? Because you've had to do it the old-fashioned way. You had to fight every tough guy there is. You know, there's, we've seen some prospects who they get a special treatment. It's okay, you know, cupcake, cupcake, cupcake. Then they get, you know, a tougher fight. Then, you know, we, we anoint them. With you, it's been your third fight out there. Hey, there's John Duma. Your fifth fight out there. Hey, there's Shiloh Sothu. Then there's Cass Bell, Keith Lee, Brian Moore. You've had to have, you know, challenges along the way. They've been taking on four undefeated fighters to start your career. How much do you enjoy the fact you've gotten to this level by earning it the old-fashioned way? You've taken on every tough guy and you've overcome those challenges. I'm super appreciative uh, to be in the spot that I'm in. I thank God and um, I think it's better to come up that way, to come up uh, fighting hard fights and not being known so that by the time when you are known, you're able to stick around. See, when you get that, you, you get too much of a buzz too early, you can become a lightning in a bottle. You know, you might just be a one hit wonder. You went out there and you did something good and all you have all the fans and everything like that, but you really couldn't fight. You really weren't that good. You know what I'm saying? Whereas um, <clears throat> if you work your way up slowly, and, uh, and you grind to get in position. When you actually get in position, you deserve to be there. You know what I'm saying? So I thank God that uh, it ha happened the way it happened and it's going the way it's going. Yeah, I know you, you talked about, you know, your, your faith in God and all that. Do you ever find people judgmental about it, though? Especially now, it's, you know, it's been in certain circles in sports. Oh, it's not cool to, you know, believe in God or talk about God. It's you know, people, they want more of the, you know, the flash, the hype. We've seen people on social media bag on, you know, athletes talk about God, whether it's a Tim Tebow, a Kurt Warner. It's like, okay, just keep your preachiness to yourself. Do you ever come across that? Do you ever have people like, all right, just, you know, stop it all, you know, God praise and all that, despite the fact that for you, it's part of you? I don't care. I mean, 
the Bible says that they hate the light because their deeds were evil. So they just, they, if somebody gets mad about it, that just shows who they are. It shows that they're a wicked person. And um, we already have too many bad influences in the world and we need more positive influences. Somebody that's going to push the world in a better direction. You know, like my opponent, Danny Sabatello, this guy's a clown. All he does is just pretty much lift himself up and put everybody else down. He thinks he's the best in the world to give himself way too much credit when really it's not that good and uh, it's unwarranted. So, um, somebody like him to be put in position would be a bad thing. We don't want our children to look up to him. We don't want anyone to look up to this guy. We need people like him to be shut down and sent back home. We need people, we need better influences, better people to look up to, you know? So I'm glad I get to go out there against a knucklehead like him. And I hope after we embarrass him that he can actually change his ways and get better. You know, I'm, I think it's about time that we start understanding that just being like Conor McGregor is not the only way to go. I mean, yeah, he talked a lot of crap to get to where he's at, but look where he's at now. He has a lot of money, but his career, I mean, it speaks for itself. How many, how many fights is he winning out of his last, like, five fights? So a lot of these people think that that's the way to go, but you need to just be a good fighter and work on yourself as a person outside of that. Does it ever bother you, though, but this sport, though, still rewards that? I mean, the Colby Covingtons, the, you know, the Jorge Masvidal's, Conor McGregor's, Chael Sonnen's, uh, even... Uh, the, you know, the man of the Perry's of the world squeaky wheel gets the oil. You know, you talk of trash, you can skip the line here. It's, it's the oldest car. It's, you know, it's as old as the carnivals back in the days of the 1800s. You talk trash, people listen, people love to love the heel. Does it ever bother you sometimes that, as you said, promotions rewarded, they'll push these guys, even though that they act like an ass clown. The thing is, is that I don't have a problem with someone speaking and someone being vocal. I don't have a problem with someone playing the heel or the bad guy. The problem is, is what they speak about. Now, if you were out there and you were speaking the truth and telling people how it is and what, what's right and what's wrong and speaking the, uh, reality in terms of who's good and who's bad and why and why not, then I don't have a problem with that. The problem is, is that they speak lies and they speak nonsense and they speak arrogance. So you have, you have these guys that, uh, for example, like Kobe Covington, he's out there saying that uh, he won, like he, he thinks that he won against, uh, Usman a couple times like no you didn't he, he says a lot of things that is like clearly untrue Conor McGregor says that in one of his interviews he was 19 and 1 because only the losses where he got knocked out counts you see what I'm saying so these people are talking nonsense but they're lying that's the problem the problem is not that they're speaking I don't mind if you're going to talk it's fine say whatever you want as long as it's the truth don't completely tell bullface lies for money because at that point now what you're doing is you're just selling your soul Right. What is the profit of man for him to gain the whole world that he loses his own soul? So these people are lying and and uh, putting on a facade and putting on shows that are not real so that they can get money. Is it that serious? Is money that important that you need to lie and, and influence children the wrong way that you've got to act like a complete ass? You see what I'm saying? I feel interesting. So this leads to my last question here is if this fight, once again, Bellator 278, it's. It's, it's a back-to-back -back fight card. So 279 is a, is a Sunday. But 278 is the military. It's the first responders. It's, you know, the people who have helped out. That Bellator is doing this. It's free for all people who served in the military from what I've gathered that you can go to a fight. How much do you enjoy that? Fighting in front of a crowd where it's, they've sacrificed for you. They've given up, whether it's been their livelihoods, giving up family time, giving up all that. And, you know, as a reward, they get to see you fight. How much does that mean, you know, fighting in front of all these people who 
have literally, you know, sacrificed everything and then some just so that people like you, me, and everybody else can basically live the American dream. I feel like my freedom comes from God. I don't feel like my freedom comes from the military. But, I mean, I think it's cool that they're giving uh, free tickets to people who uh, should, on paper, be doing the right thing for the country. Not everyone joins the military for the right reasons, to be honest. Most people probably join just for money. But uh, if they do join the military and they're looking to uh, actually defend the country and they do believe that, then I think it's a good thing that they get uh, free tickets and they get to go enjoy a show for free. Very happily, once again, he's in the tournament, and, well, he plans to run the table, win this whole shindig. It starts, once again, Bellator 278 on April 22nd. I give you, it's A1 himself. I give you, Yonel Lugo. Uh, Yonel, once again, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, the Instagram, the website? And also, who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up on April 22nd? Um. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at A Uno Lugo, A U N O L U G O. And then you said, who are my sponsors? Yes. Uh, Phoenix Fight Gear and uh, Greenheart CBD. You are now Lugo, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, always an honor, pleasure having on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on here, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on Anchor <laughs> FM Radio. Attention, please. Attention, please. This shit here feels like a whole entire world collapse. Once again, only on it is last call. Last call for the alcohol. Only on it is last call on Anchor FM. And now join me here on the line. This man will be fighting once again. It will be on Spence versus Ugas pay-per-view. We're looking forward to it. I'm excited here. Well, he's ready to well start uh, elevating himself to the next level. I'm looking forward to it. I'll give you once again undefeated uh, knockout sensation. I give you Brandon Lee. Yeah. So Brandon is going to be uh, April 16th. Yep. It's you're on the um, on the Texas Spence Ugas card here. I take it. Who's your opponent? Uh, how does this all work about? And um, so what's the deal going forward now that you're going to be on uh, PBC uh, pay-per-view card? So I'm not on the pay-per-view card. Um, there's going to be a Showtime telecast. There's going to be two fights on there before the pay-per-view card. So I'm on that. I'm on that fight. Um, it's gonna be me, and then it's gonna be another guy, a Russian guy. Um, I, I don't know how to say his name, uh, but he trains up out of the Joel Diaz camp. His last name is Butayev. Butayev, I believe. So it's be Butayev. Yes, he's taking on the Yep. Winner that gets against Spencer Sugas. Winner. Yep, and then um, and then the pay per view card will start. 
Either way, well, you're part of the pay-per-view because, you know, all week long you're going to be doing the doing all this stuff with, uh, in you know, media interviews. Um, how big is it, you know, be part of this where it's, okay, you know, we're, you're no longer on a show box cards, you're no longer on showtime, you know, just prospect cards. Now, okay, we're putting you with two of the best welterweights in the world, one of the biggest names in the world. I mean, how big is it, you know, getting a chance to see, how they handle business, you know, leading up to a fight, you know, during media, all that stuff, and understanding, okay, this is what I need to do to get ready when my time comes. Um, I think it's a great, it's a great event for me to get great exposure. I just need to keep on doing what I'm doing and being the person who I am, and um, keep knocking people up. So it's going to be you versus, and, I'm, and I said this is what I'm going on by the, by the press release here. So if I'm wrong, blame the press release. That's what I do. It's you, Zachary Ochoa. Correct. Uh, what does he bring to the table? I mean, what, when you look at him and your team, like what do you what do you see that makes him a dangerous fighter? Um, I don't know about dangerous, but I know he's a good boxer, and um, you know he's a veteran. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to fighting him on April 16th. As you said, he's a boxer, and he he has not much power, but he's a guy who can make things very ugly. He can make him. He's a slick here a bit. Does that change how you fight? I mean, when you have a guy like that who no, not you don't have to worry about the power, you have to not worry more about the thunder, and I'm gonna do what I do. Um, it doesn't matter who I'm fighting, a boxer, a puncher, I'm gonna go in there and I do what Brandon Lee does. All right. I was gonna say, do you because because of the lack of power, do you become more aggressive? Do you do you let yourself go? Okay, you know what? I'm not to worry about the one punch hit, so I can now just go in there and maybe. You know, push the pace more. Do, I mean, do you, when you have a guy like that, do you attack more than just a guy who has normal power? Not at all. I do like, I'd fight like anybody else. So, how do you avoid, I guess, headhunting then for this guy? Because I'm guessing you won't put on a statement. It's one thing to win. You want to both start going, okay, Brano, Brandon Lee versus Josh Taylor, or Brandon Lee, you know, if you go up against, Winner of Spence versus, let's say, Ugas or even Keith Thurman. You're, you're now looking for bigger fights. So how you know how do you avoid falling into the trap of well, I need a signature knockout. I need to you know push the base here. I need to have a statement win. You're saying how how can I do that? How do you avoid you know falling into that mentality of like all right, I need to I need a knockout. You get high hungry because I'm guessing you want the bigger fight. So most young fighters they start falling into that trap of well, I need a signature win. I need to you know. Every fight, I got to knock this guy out. How do you avoid falling into that mentality? Shit, I have no idea. When I fight, I don't have that mentality. I just go in there to win. And if I knock him out, I knock him out. Um, sounds pretty simple. We're going to go back to this fight camp in a bit, but, or this actually this fight event in a bit. Take it back to your last fight. Uh, we had you on. It was, once again, you versus uh, Juan Geraldez. Once again, another knockout, this time in the seventh round. Uh, what went right? What went, if did anything go wrong? And what do you feel that you either improved on or you, you know, fixed going into that fight? Um, a few things went wrong. A few things went right. Um, overall, I gave myself a C minus, maybe a C for the fight. Um, I proved that, you know, I could go the rounds because before that fight, I've never been past the fourth round. So, um, you know. I proved that, uh, that I could go four, six, eight, 10, 12, no matter. My condition is going to remain the same. 
So what do you feel went wrong? Like, and you, you said you gave yourself a C, which means you're like, oh, yeah, this performance sucked. And I find that hard to believe. So if, from your, now that you've looked back, like, what did you do that you feel you did wrong? Um, that's between my father, my father and, uh, and myself, um, you know, just little tweaks that only we know about. Do you, you hold yourself, oh, I guess, accountable for, well, I, only, I, I couldn't get rid of it within the fourth or fifth round. I mean, do you, is it gotten to the point where you and your team have said, okay, you know, you should be getting rid of these guys like within three or four rounds, not seven rounds, eight rounds. I'm sorry. I can't restate the question. Yeah. I mean, is it safe, is it safe to say that you guys put a high standard, but you know, for you guys, it's like, okay, we, you shouldn't be going seven rounds against, you know, Juan Heraldas, you know, it should be like four, maybe five at the minimum. Is that part of the, I guess, part of the grade, but you feel that you need to get rid of these guys sooner rather than later. I'm not, I'm not too sure for me personally. No, not at all. You know, our objective is to go in there and win. So um, I'd say no. How nice does it feel to be, be a guy like this? Because leading up to that, it was like, okay, you know, your best wins were against guys like Samuel Taya, Jimmy Williams. Geraldo's is a whole different story. He's a guy who most people thought top 15 guy. He only had one bad fight and that was against Regis Pro Gray. He had beaten undefeated prospects in the past. Uh, Jose Borrego is a great example. Uh, beating guys like Eddie Ramirez. How nice is it having that win under your belt where you can say, yeah, I beat a top 15 guy. You know, I'm ready now for top 10 guys. Um, I've been knowing that I'm ready for those top 10 guys. Um, those names that you listed, I don't know who, who they are. So I didn't know. I thought I was looking at, at my last fight I just as another opponent, just like I'm looking at this fight as just another opponent. Um, another opportunity for me to go out there and showcase the boxing world, showcase um, the boxing fans, what Brandon Lee can do. Is there anybody in particular you want? I mean, is there a certain fighter that you're looking at going, I want to fight this guy because he is the best. And whether he has a title or not, this is the guy that, you know, I want to fight, you know, within the next two or three fights because I just feel he is the best guy I can face right now who can get me to the elite level. No, not at all. Put someone in front of me, and I'm going to do what I do. Well, the good news is in this fight, at least after you got rid of uh, Juan Heraldes, you got to celebrate the holidays. And the other good news is everything seems to be going to, dare I say that weird word, normal. You know, fights are now opening up. Yep. Crowds are opening up, no more masks. After going through all that in the last two years, how nice is it for you that, you know, this fight coming up here in the fight camp, you know, for Vegas, it's going to be full crowd, full events, you don't, you know, you don't have to go anywhere, man, wear masks, you don't have to do all this other, you know, social distancing stuff. I mean, after, after the last two years of hell, how nice is it to have normalcy come back? Um, I mean, it's, it's cool because um, we don't have to, uh, we don't have to stay in the room all, all day. Um, we can walk around freely. We could, you know, do what we normally do. So um, the past, I believe, uh, one, two, Past two fights or three fights of mine, it was nice because we didn't have to do none of that. Like for you, how tough was that? Just everything with went on with COVID because you know, as you said, it's you had to be in your room. You didn't want to yeah. get you, you yourself. You know, at one point, didn't want to get COVID because your father was going through a lot of stuff with his health reasons. You're, you know, you have no idea what's going on with your opponent. You know, will will he show up? Will he get COVID? Will he not miss a fight here? I mean, how tough was it these last two years, just, you know, with your career of always worrying about, oh, crap, 
something's going to happen. We're going to be out of fight. Well, I can't get paid or I, I can't, you know, get another fight because. Well, there's, 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 nothing, there's nothing going on with my father. His health is perfectly fine. Thank God. Um, about three years ago, he had a little roofing incident and broke a few bones. But other than that, his health is fine. Um, but, you know, doing the whole uh, staying in the room and all that, it was just boring. Um, you know, after weighing, I like to go to the mall. I like to go uh, to the bowling alley, to the arcade. So, you know, after when we had a uh, um, stay in the room and all that, you know, it was just boring. I had to stay in there, watch TV, and walk around in the room. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got Brandon Lee here on the show. We're talking all things, of course, his upcoming fight here on April 16th, uh, Spence versus Ugas. I'm a Showtime portion of a card. We're talking his win over Juan Herrera's here. Last time we talked, I know you and I mentioned about you were working on your associate's degree in criminal justice. You know, you're going to college on all that. How is that coming along? And, that, and how do you balance all that when you're trying to get your master's degree also? It's not like you're just, you know, doing basket weaving 101 like some college athletes. You're actually, it's a real course. You know, you're taking real classes here. You're getting into this and you're actually going for your master's while you're, you know, continuing your fight career. Yeah, um, I got my associates about two years ago, I believe. Now I'm going for my bachelor's. And then uh, after my bachelor's, I may go for my master's. But uh, right now, I'm currently only taking two classes at uh, Cal State San Bernardino, only because, you know, the boxing schedule is so hectic. Um, and, uh, you know, when you text me, can we, oh, can we do this interview? And I text you my, my schedule. I'm only available like two times, two times in the day that I have free time. So, um, you know, we're two classes. I'm going at my own pace. So sooner or later, I'll get my bachelor's degree and eventually uh, maybe go for my master's degree. Now, why is this so important to you? I mean, because you're going to be making big money here. It's not like, you know, you, you know, this is your one way you make money. So for you, like, what is it about this? That it's a passion. I mean, you seem to love this. You seem to want this here. Why a bachelor's degree in criminal justice? And why then go for your master's? Like, what is it about? you know, criminal justice that you just are engulfed in? Um, personally, and to be honest, I just want to um, do, I want to do that for my parents. My uh, mother wants me to go and get my bachelor's, my master's. So I'm definitely going to get my bachelor's and uh, I'll think about my master's, but ultimately it's, it's for my parents. Now I got to ask, you know, because every fight I'm talking, I've talked to now, once your fight ends, they start picking you out. We saw, of course, with Tim Zoo, he had a big pizza party. Yep. I'm guessing you have your own little, like, you know, food planned out for when you win this fight. So for you, like, what do you want to eat after the fight? I mean, where are some places, you're, especially Vegas, where you can get any, almost any food and any kind of food you want, literally even delivered to you? Like, what kind of food are you looking to eat after your big fight? Well, the fight's in, in Texas. So probably want to come back home. I'll probably go to In-N-Out, and then from there, you know, just get some ramen, sushi, Korean barbecue, and all that. So you're not going to eat Texas. I mean, there's tons of barbecue places in Texas, or is that one? Or are you just like, okay, you know what? This is my spot in Cali. I like it. Screw the rest of the place. They know how to cook my food. <laughs> I might, I might hit a barbecue place in Texas most, most surely if, uh, if I have the time. It all comes down, as we mentioned before, to April 16th. It's you versus Zachary Ochoa. It's also Ugas versus Spence. And will you be – I mean, is this – is this? are you happy about this in terms of 
do you see yourself maybe going after one of these guys for the next year or so? I mean, you have all the play, all the pieces around you. You have Cameron Duncan. You have the Showtime contacts. You have, you know, the record, the power, the fan base. Is there a party that's looking going, you know what? Winner of this fight between Ugas Spence, yep, that's what I want in the next year or so. I want one of these guys. I don't care who, I don't care how. That's the end goal, that I want the winner, you know, either Spence or Ugas next year, for the titles, because damn it, that's what it want to be. We will be the best in the world at whatever weight class I'm in. No, because I'm a I'm a 140 pounder. 147 is uh John Anderson's weight class. So you don't so you're not going to 147 because of Jerron or the no. friendship, correct? No, wrong. I'm I'm not going to 147 because I'm a 140 pounder. All right. So is there anybody at 140 event that you target in your mind? Is it, do you have an exact name that you're looking at going, all right, this is the guy I want for the title? Come hell or high water next year. No, not at all. I don't put target. I don't put targets. I don't put targets on people. I let them. Uh, I let. I let the box people make the fights happen. Either way, there's a lot of 140 pounders who are going to be not sleeping easily after this. I'm looking forward to vote. It's going to be once again Spence versus Ugas. This man once again is going to be in action on the Showtime part of a card. I give you once again. It is perhaps maybe one of the pound for pound best knockout artists in the world. I give you Brandon Lee. Uh, Brandon, before I let you go, where can fans once again check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Uh, where can fans uh, contact you at? Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon underscore Lee. Um, click the link in my bio, get your team Brandon Lee merch, and uh, see you guys out in Dallas, Texas. 20, 25 and up, coming soon. Brandon Lee, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always on a pleasure having on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on here. Only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on last call on Anchor FM. Anchor FM, and uh, well, we heard once again earlier from Yornel Lugo. Well, it was a pleasure having him on the show. We had, of course, Brandon Lee. Great talking with him. But now joining me here on the line, this man will be fighting April 30th. He is, well, waiting on an opponent. We're trying to figure that out. But before that, we're going to be recapping. Well, so far, his winning streak here, it's now three in a row with two straight knockouts. He's excited. Well, he's hoping to get back into the top 10 or top 15. I give you once again, all the way from uh, 
Marple Cheshire, England. I give you it is one smack himself. I give you Jack Massey. Uh, Jack, so you're you're preparing for a fight April 30th. Yeah. How tough is it when you sort of have an opponent, but you don't have an opponent because you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to get scheduling and all that, and you're going, okay, when the hell am I gonna, you know, get somebody? I know you're used to it, but is it still frustrating not being able to, you know, with 30 days left, target somebody, okay, this is what we're preparing for. This is the kind of guy that we're looking at. This is the kind of fight event to get ready for. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's it's frustrating, but um, you know, you've got to keep keep your head on the game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're getting in there fighting someone. You can always have a game plan at the end of the day, and and, and when you get in the ring, uh, you know, things can change. You know, um, Mike Tyson called it perfectly. Everyone has a game game plan until they get punched in the mouth, <laughs> which is a good saying. But you know, it's a little bit frustrating. But um, we should we should have an opponent over the line in the next couple of days. Um, so we'll be defending the IBO world title. Um, you know, it's, it's possibly going to be a, a guy from Italy. So, um, so yeah, that's all looking good on that side. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not too bad. We'll just, just carry on training and do what we're doing in the gym. And uh, then when we've got someone boxed off, we can uh, have a little look at him and, and start preparing uh, little things. We'll go back to that in a bit. Take it back to your last fight, though. It was a bit of a step up. It was you versus Bilal Lagoon. Uh, once again, yeah. for the a vacant IBO title. Uh, how nice was that getting a knockout win over a guy who, yeah, he had two losses, but both times it was a split decision loss to a very veteran light heavyweight when he was fighting against uh, Dudo Nagumbu. And then he lost, but in short decision, Tom McCarthy. And you got rid of yeah. it in three rounds. It wasn't like, you know, oh, you know, I beat him by decision. It was you took care of business, you know, before like yeah. half five over. Yeah, you know, we we didn't really expect to get, um, you know, the, the, the stoppage, the knockout that soon. Um, you know, the guy's never, never, ever been stopped, um, knocked out in his life. You know, I was speaking to him after the fight and he said he's never been dropped. Um, but to go out there and... Uh, and stop him in, you know, in, in that short amount of distance. It's, uh, you know, it's 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 a good, it's a good insight to what sort of level and what sort of punching power I'm at at the minute. Um, obviously, the fight previous for the IBF European, that was the same. Um, good, tough, durable opponent, um, and you know went and stopped him in the in the fourth round as well. So it's you know it's it's great great to get the stoppage, especially on on that level, fight for for the IBO world title, you know, all eyes in the cruiserweight division are on you, all eyes, you know, promoters, et cetera, are on you. So it's uh, it's great to get a stoppage. I'm watching the fight right now, and one of the things I noticed was, and I'm, I'm watching only, like, you know, the first two rounds, the second and third round is, it seemed like you went, okay, he can't hurt me. I'm just going to go after him. I'm, I'm, you know, forget the jab, forget, you know, you know dilly-dallying here. I'm just going to come in there. And, you know, you kept walking him down, walking him down, throwing power, you know, power hooks. You know, you walked him yeah. all, along the ropes, you attacked him. Like, when did you realize, like, okay, he's not here to fight. I can get rid of him because he just doesn't want to be there. He's He wants to, you know, an excuse to just get the hell out of that place as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of seen it, obviously, with myself, I'm quite a slow start, so it's, it's, it's usually around the two for me to get going. But I was catching him with shots, uh, and I... I just noticed his face, you know, he, he, was, he was grimacing a little bit when I was catching him with, with shots. 
and I could tell that he wasn't liking it. Um, and I thought this, you know, he's 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 not enjoying this. He's, he's not going the full distance. And I caught him with a shot prior. Um, I think it was a right hand, and he sort of squinted his eyes, and I could see in his face. Um, and the, the the shot what I caught him with, um, you know, was a little check hook block, and then a left hook over the top, and you know, he just he just went down. Um, quite surprising, really, that he that he went down with that shot. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a massive shot. It was just sort of timing was there. Um, you know, quick fast quick fast left hook. You know, it's uh, it was it was good. How nice is it where I know you and I talked about you know several fights before. It was like okay, you know, people going oh you know he's, he's he doesn't have much power. You know, he's not he's not a knockout guy because you know you started off with some knockouts, but then all of a sudden the competition gets better, so it's tougher to knock guys out. And then the last two fights you've had, you know, especially against Lagoon, who never gets knocked down. Hey, you knocked him out. I mean, how nice is that getting you know the power back? You got people going, okay, crap. You gotta watch out for that. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I think I've always always harnessed the power. Um, I think within early in my career when you're fighting these sort of guys on the road, um, you know, it's it's one of them they took up. They, they're good at defending themselves because um, they they, they want to be fighting. You know, the week after and the week after that, so they don't want to be getting getting stopped. So they're they're good at protecting themselves. Um, but you know, I've, I've I've fully matured and, and grown into a big cruise right now. I'm, I'm 29 next month. So, you know, I've grown into, you know, stop growing. I'm, I've fully matured um, as, a, as a fighter. But, you know, it's, it, it's one of them. If, if they, It's mo- mostly the, these guys who are coming to fight and, you know, they're throwing their hands. That's that's when you're going to get the stoppage. If you if you go in there with someone that's just tucking up and just taking shots, you know, it's, it's a bit tougher to get them out of there, so. Looking back at your first loss, now that you've had three wins since then, you know, you now that you're at a impressive 19 and one, how much do you look back at that loss and go, I'm not the same fighter? And how much do you also wish, like, okay, I wish I had you know, a step in between from taking on guys like Ken Kalpinen, you know, Yuri Savicia to Richard Ryakapur, which is almost like going from you know, youth league soccer to, oh yes, by the way, we're going to Pino. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, English league, not two, not one, but two. Going, oh crap, this is a little bit different. You're going to expect it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it was a big jump, um, but you know, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it was um, it was good to get you know that fight, and it was good to get the twelve rounds in. You know, it's a bit of a controversial decision. Um, you know, even the guys commentating on on Sky, you know, they had me up. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a bit of dodgy judging and uh, refereeing, which we see a lot in uh, in in, the, in boxing at the minute. But you know, I don't hold any grudges, and uh, you know, leave it behind. And it's 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 done me go more good than than anything else. You know, moving on to these these other big fights. You know, you got to look at the positives. A good twelve rounds, solid twelve rounds in 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 the bank, and you know. Up, against a good fighter so it's uh it's not done done me any harm but you know obviously now now I've matured and uh you know a lot stronger and a, a better fighter you know if that fight comes around again it's uh it'll be a different totally different story so what did you uh, you keep saying you're you're a more mature you're a better fighter like so what are some of the things you you did you've done differently since 
their React portfolio? Like, what are some of the things you you know you've either improved on, you've worked on, or that you've brought in people to help you know tighten up? I think I see myself as more of a, a, a you know a slow a slow burner. So I've, I've noticed over my career, I've, I've gradually got better and better and better. Whereas you know some guys they come in the sport, you know they're 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 a short sort of spit of fire. Um, you know, win win loads of fights and knockouts, and then when they come to the back end of their career, they, they you know they start losing and whatever. I think I'm sort of you know gradually climbing up the ladder and getting better and better with each fight, um, with confidence. And I think I've you know, like I said, I've I've, I've put on um, you know put on a bit of bit of muscle mass, um, which has you know created the power and. I think it's you know get, getting these fights in there as well the good good solid fights it's 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 all experience isn't it you know you, you learn off the experience of getting in there with you know some of these guys so I think I've got better with experience and and technically as well you know working on things in the gym tightening things up um, you know certain shots for certain certain people and stuff like that so. It's been a tough couple of years for everybody in fighting because of COVID, you know, not many fights going on. Uh, you had to fight in front of crowds where there is no crowd, you know, it's basically you, the cameraman, <laughs> the TV people, the yeah. referee, and uh, not even judges sometimes. There's the rest of in English, the referee. Uh, there has been a lot of fights where you've had probably had either something scheduled and COVID hit and killed that, or you got stuck in your apartments for a long period of time. You can't leave because they, yeah. you know, we have a country lockdown, you know, stuff for COVID, uh, how tough has it been for you just, you know, trying to keep your career going and yet it's been stop, 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 all this stuff with COVID and putting, forget about your friends and family, just you sometimes at like a standstill. Yeah, yeah it was frustrating, um, you know, just to, to start a lockdown. Um, but I, I suppose every, everyone was in the same boat. Um, you know, no, no one else was different. You know, everyone was in the same boat and, you know, people are a lot worse off. Some, you know, some of my friends and, and, and family had lost jobs and, you know, they was, um, you know, struggling for money and, and stuff like that. So there's always someone worse off than you. So I just had to keep a positive mindset. You know, we always knew, obviously, boxing would be back and, you know, just, just, just stayed fit. Just stayed fit and ready. Still trained, did what I could do. Um, you know, when we, when we couldn't get in the gym, you know, kept the runs up, was doing the running, um, and you know, tra basically training in the back garden, you know, doing weights and stuff like that, bit of weightlifting and uh, you know, shadow boxing and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the first fight back, it was it was very strange with uh, with no crowd there. It was um, yeah, a bit weird. It wasn't as much. It didn't really have as much adrenaline, you know, because of the crowd. It, it sort of gives you that that adrenaline, so you could feel the shots a little bit more. With um, with no crowd and no atmosphere, so it was it was, it was very strange. But you know, it, we did it and we got the got the job done. Um, that was that was the one against uh, Muhammad Ali Bayat. So yeah, it was it was strange times. But you know, we're we're back in business now, and you know, we've got this this RBO world title, and you know, looking to defend it on the thirtieth, and then who knows what after that? Maybe another world title. Your last fight, there was crowds, no masks, you yourself, you know. I could see you just enjoying the moment because everybody's there and they're picking you up and they're cheering and they're, they're hugging, you know. How nice was that for you, 
having, you know, that normalcy where after everything that you've seen, after, as you said, you know, friends of yours, family members losing jobs, you being able to help at times because, you know, a lot of us are unable to because, hey, we can't, you know, stop any of this. How nice yeah. is that last fight? How nice is it going to this fight here on April 30th that we're getting back to normal? You know, things are back to normal. Yeah. We can actually, you know, live our lives. And, you know, there is hope at the end of the tunnel. The light is, you know, right there. Yeah, it's, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, you know, just winning a world title alone. Um, and, and boxing in Bolton and winning it in front of all, all my fans. Um, you know, sort of the home crowd. So, you know, it was great. And I think what made it better, you know, obviously the setbacks for COVID as well, but, you know, we've, we've had quite a few setbacks in, in my boxing career, whether it's been injuries or fights not going ahead and, and pullouts and obviously bad decisions and stuff like that. So that, it, it all mounts up and, it, you know, it's all in the back of your mind. And then, you know, when they got the hand, my hand raised, um, you know, after knocking Bilal Lagoon out, you know, it was... Um, you know, it was, it was some feeling. It was a great feeling. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, he'll be fighting April 30th. He's going to be defending his internet IBO uh, World Cruiserweight title at Bolton White's Hotel in Bolton, United Kingdom. I give you, once again, it's uh, one smack himself. I give you Jack Massey. Uh, Jack, before I let you go, where can fans yeah. check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, website? Like, where can fans hit you up at? So I've got Instagram. I've got them all. Instagram, uh, be Jack Massey Boxing One. Um, got Twitter as well and Facebook. So give us a follow on them. Uh, the fight will be live streamed on Fight Zone TV on the thirtieth. Um, that's only one pound ninety nine a month, which is good. I think you get your first three months for free as well, which is great. So uh, you can always always catch a fight on there as well. But um, thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, pleasure, Lars. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Massey, always a pleasure having a show. Uh, show uh, stay tuned for more action coming up next couple of weeks. But, well, we got to wrap this up. So, for Jack Massey, for my wonderful guest, this is Chris Connors saying have a great weekend. I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on Anchor FM. <laughs>